don't, we don't worship gods of wood and clay, but we worship a God who lives amongst His people and who inhabits the praises of His people. And we thank you this morning for your presence, God. Come and change us. Come and mold us. Come and shape us, Lord. Make us more like your Son so that we can reflect your goodness, your grace, your love to the world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was great. I just want to take a moment to honor the worship team. I met with them on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, let's give them a hand. I think it was really good. Met with the worship team on Thursday. There was a couple of new guys that hadn't been part of the team before and a couple of guys that had been there for a while. And um, I just encouraged them back to the why. Why do we worship? Why do we give him praise? Because he's worth it. And we worship God in the way that He wants to be worshipped, not in the way that we want to worship Him. Otherwise, it's not worship of Him, but simply just a religious act. Anyways. So on Wednesday this week, I had the pleasure to be with the Fenter community, and Baptist and Christel sent their apologies. Baptist woke up this morning feeling quite um, dizzy. He had a stroke a couple of years back, and, and he has these little spells. So please do keep them up in your prayers and, and, and just love on them if you can. But anyway, Batter started off the evening by passing around a, a, a whole bunch of different items that would be seemingly unconnected. There was a piece of paper that went out here, and then there was a coffee cup that went there, and there were some uh, pencil crowns that went out somewhere else, and then there was just different things that were given out to random people around the, uh, around the community. It was quite mysterious and exciting, to be honest. And then he walked up to the person with the, the piece of paper only and said, please can you draw me a multicolored rainbow? But that person only had a piece of paper. So they weren't able to actually achieve the task because they didn't have the tools. But as they looked around, they saw, but hold on, someone said, hey, I've got some pencil crowns here. And the pencil crowns are given and the, 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 um, the rainbow could be drawn. And then for some, he had a cup of coffee, just coffee, just the cup, Someone else had the coffee and someone else had a spoon. And Baptist gave a simple instruction, I'd like a cup of coffee, please. And the one with the cup couldn't do it. The one with the spoon couldn't do it. And the one with the coffee couldn't do it. It was only as we came together and there was a sense of unity that the goal could be achieved and everything that needed to be done could be done. And I thought it was brilliant. And I thought that was, it's just something which I, uh, as I've been having quiet time, even this week, you know, sometimes... God speaks really, very clearly. And uh, I, had a, I had a subject in mind, and then Uncle Angus Bucken came on one morning, and he spoke about unity. And that's exactly what I wanted to speak about today. So for the guys that are taking uh, notes, or for those of you who like um, the, a preach or a sermon to have a name, this is called Putting the Unity in Community. See what I did? It's huh? 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 good. Catchy, it's catchphrases, man. Yeah, we had a guy, one of our, our old distinguished um, senior, senior members of our, of our leadership team, Will Marie, and they used to, he used to have willisms. You know, he'd say stuff, and people were like, that's ah, a willism. So I'm trying to create a Seanism, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to get there. <laughs> Putting the unity back in community. And um, for some of you that have been with us for, for a long time, you've heard me preach on unity before. And for those of you who are going to be with us for the next while, you're going to hear me preach on unity again. Because it really is something that is vital to a healthy church. Um, it was important to Jesus, and I'm hoping to ground us in the fact as we work through the scriptures just now, um, 
but it's also one of the biggest tools that the enemy will use to try and divide and to break the church. He brings disunity and he brings factions and he brings division in and through that scatters the church and starts to divide us. And then the blessing of God that gets attracted by the togetherness of the body gets lost. And, uh, and I, for one, am not going to allow that to happen because I do believe that God actually wants us to be united. Even though we come from different backgrounds, and I actually really like what you did, Kev, saying, hey, how many of you come from different churches? As you've come in here with different churches, you have different theologies, you're used to people preaching in a certain way, you're used to people worshipping in a certain way, you're used to a meeting running in a certain way, and you have your grid. And as you come into the life of a church, you bring that grid with you. The problem is that we are always going to disappoint you if you're comparing us to what was. This is how we build. This is how we do things. And I feel like there is a place where we can actually get into unity. So if you can pull up John 17, verse 20 to 23. These are quite, this is, this is, um, uh, this is called, this is from, from the priestly prayer. This is Jesus busy praying. And he says, I do not ask only for these. And by these, he means the 12 disciples. He means the 12 that are in his his immediate circle. He says, I pray not only for these, or ask not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you've sent me, and love them, even as you love me. Isn't that amazing? How many times did you hear the word one there? It's just one, one, one. I in you, you in me. There's the sense of community. There's the sense of communion within the Trinity, within Father and Son, that He's actually praying we will encounter on the earth. It's radical. It's absolutely it's, it's unthinkable that people from different backgrounds, from different beliefs, from different um, surroundings, with different social standards and incomes and, and, and backstories, and Christ is praying to the Father and saying, Lord, make them one, even as you and I are one. Inseparable. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's ridiculous to think that. But I know that this is the heart of God. And forgive me, I'm going to really ground this in Scripture. So I'm going to bomb you with a bit of Scripture now. If anyone wants notes, let's go to Matthew 26, 39. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, Father... If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. John 5, 30. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 8. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. 
John 12. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me Himself has Himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know His command leads to eternal life. I say therefore, I say what, what I say therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And John 14 verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Can we agree, through the Scriptures that are presented, if this was a legal case, that we have a legal right to understand that God wants us to be one? And that even as Jesus lived and walked amongst the people of His time on the earth, He openly said, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what God's telling me to do. I do what my Father commands me. I do what He says to me to do, and I do it without question. Are we comfortable with that? Does, do I, have I grounded that with you? So it should be quite overwhelming, because we aren't God. We're man. We're fallible. We're broken. We have our own, um, our own lenses and our own things that have happened with us. But within the Trinity, there's absolutely no disunity. There was never a time that Jesus and the Father, and the Holy Spirit weren't in agreement. They knew what needed to be done. The only time you could maybe question it was when Jesus said, please Lord, if this is your will, let this pass from me. But your will, not mine. That's the only time we can look at it. And I want to say to you that as I've, as I've lived within the life of the church, I've seen that we actually just, we cannot even get the simple things right. And I'm going to use a very simple almost divisive topic, and I'm going to use the coffee station. Let me tell you something. I have seen more offenses taken and given at the coffee station than I have anywhere else in the church. Why? Because, no, no, we must put the coffee into the, we, we put a spoon into the cup. No, 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 they must put their own in. No, okay, so we'll put the coffee on the left and the tea goes on the right. Uh, we must pour that. No, they must pour that. Um, no, uh, 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 and there's this whole thing, and ladies, are, and this one sets it up that way, and then the next lady arrives late, and she's moving the cups that way. And it's, no, but I've put it this way. And it's coffee. You've lost the plot. You've missed the, ag- the angle. Coffee, it's never about the coffee. It was never about the coffee. The coffee is a tool that we use to engage with people. The coffee is a tool for someone to know where to go. Because for you visitors that walk in here, it's uncomfortable. You've got to meet all this ragtag bunch of people. It's hardcore. You walk in and you get your visitor slip and you don't know where to go. Hey, there's a coffee station. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. And at least if I've got a cup of coffee in my hand, I've got a little something that keeps me safe. And we have coffee afterwards so that you can meet with us and talk to us and give us feedback and let us know. It's not about the coffee. I don't care. I don't care how you serve the coffee. It's not about the coffee. It's never about the coffee. And it's like that for our own lives. I don't like the way the community's been run. I'm a man of the word. I want more word. More word. We should be doing Bible study on a Wednesday. And someone else is the worship leader like Albanese. I just want to play, man. I just want to worship. Let's just worship God all day, every day. And the prophets go, where's the prophecy, man? I'm not hearing prophecy. And there's so much opportunity for us to get offended. Why? Because we're not one. We're not one. And we need to be. God has, Jesus has said over and over and over and over and over, I want you to be one, even as I am one with my Father. 
We need to guard against these things. Opinions will destroy us. I want to say to you, God is not interested in your opinion. Please hear me. If it's in line with Scripture, and if what I'm doing is sin, it is very clear, and I'll get to that just now, it is very clear understanding of how do we deal with someone when they're in a life of sin. But if you don't like the fact that I'm not wearing a robe and a little thing, that's okay. You have your right to your opinion. But when you take that right to your opinion and you go to Shandra and you say, you know what, Shandra, I actually can't listen to Sean because he's not wearing this whole outfit thingy. Now, all of a sudden, you've moved from opinion to sin because now actually what you're doing is you are actually bringing an accusation against an elder. And I think we've lost the fear of God in in the church. We have absolutely no fear to just go for it. I don't like what you say and I'm going to tell you. You know, the Bible says that we will be held responsible for every loose word we've spoken. I want to tell you that me, Rian, the rest of the leadership team, if you have a problem with what we've done, please, please, I beg you, come to me. I will receive you with gladness. I will not be aggressive. I will not be defensive. I welcome correction. It's how I grow. But for goodness sake, please don't go to the guy next to you. Hey, man, I'm not, I'm not skinnering. I just want to see, do you also battle with the way Sean shouts on the mark on the Sunday? You know, the sound it hurts my ears, and you know, every time I got to go home, and you know, I, I don't like that. But I'm not, I'm not scaring. I just want to know your opinion. <laughs> We've all done this. I've done it. Holy gossip, holy huddles. Stop it. God has called us to be one. He says that we want to be. He wants us to be one. And I want to give you. I want to give you a key because this is a big thing. It's hard to do this. It's hard to do this, but if we go back to the very first scriptures there, verse 22 to 23, um, John 17, I think it was, 22 to 23. Uh, next one, there we go. The glory that, I have, that you have given me, I have given to them, that we may be one. And that's quite an interesting key. God gives the Lord, in His, glo- in his unity, gives Jesus glory. And then Jesus goes, that glory you've given me, Lord, I'm going to give to them. I'm going to give to you. So he takes the blessing and the glory of unity that he has with the Father, and he pulls us in. And he says, come into unity with me and the Father. Come into unity with what I need to do. He's giving us. He didn't take glory and go, aren't I glorious? He is glorious. And he's worthy of all that glory. But he went, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of the glory and I'm going to go and dish it out. And I need to just digress very quickly. So please stay with me here. I just want to say something. You are beautiful and wonderful and amazing. Every single one of you. You really are. As am I. But I want to say to you, God didn't create us because he needed us. I want to say that again. God didn't create you because he needed you. There wasn't some deep-seated, Sean-sized hole in the Trinity that God had to fill by creating me so that he felt fulfilled. The Trinity is 100% satisfied, happy, fulfilled in themselves. But God chose to have us created. Ivan and Henry have just got married. Congratulations. Again. Just got married. Right now, Their love is fully sustainable. They don't need 
to add a crying, nappy-changing, early hours waking up baby to the situation right now. Their love is completely sufficient in what it is as it stands today. Am I right? But the time... Yeah. Or, or maybe it's not, and I should have... I should have Maybe I should have prepped him. Yes, yeah, Sean. <laughs> Theoretically, there's this married couple. They're 100% happy. They're great. They don't need anybody. But then sometimes that could happen for us. I remember how I decided to have my, that Connor, my, my youngest, my oldest. It's taller than me now. Hey. And I will never forget, it was, it was Christmas Day. And my cousin came to visit me with her little daughter, Michaela. And this little girl ran in. She didn't know me from Adam. She ran and she threw her arms around me. She said, I love you, Uncle Sean. And I said, so we're having a child. <laughs> we were married a month earlier. I don't know why I need to say that. Okay, yeah, so we, we got married a month. We were married a month. And a month later, in January, she was pregnant with Connor. So God didn't give us any time to turn around because maybe we would have. But the point I'm trying to get across is that God didn't need us. Like a married couple that's in full union with each other, they don't, he didn't, we don't need more. But actually, that should, be, that should actually be more satisfying. Because it's a different thing. If I need, if I need someone to come and help me with my car, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Rian. Hey, Rian, help me. We need to just do some stuff here. I need him. But when I phone Rian and I say, hey, bud, I'm watching rugby. Don't you want to come sit on the couch next to me? I don't need anything from you. I just want you to spend time with me. Isn't that better? So I want to say to you this morning, God didn't need you, but he wanted you. He chose to bring you in. And as we come into our family culture, the family culture is unity. The family culture is, hey, it's not my will, but your will. Is that okay? You guys with me? Right. So back to God giving away the glory. He gives the glory. And as the text says, the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father and the world will know that the Father loves the world even as he loves Jesus. It's actually through unity that we are displaying something of the, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we're in unity, the world looks at us and goes, what's that? What is that? Those guys, they don't jostle for position. They're not trying to outdo the other person with how big their house is and how expensive their car is. They're not those that, you don't hear those guys going, oh, yeah, 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 about the next person. There's something different about them. What's different? Why, when I come here, do I feel loved? Do I feel accepted? I don't feel judged. I feel like there's a place for me. Hopefully for you visitors that have joined us for the first morning, I really sincerely hope that you've experienced that. If you haven't experienced that, then we are not displaying the glory of God to you. And the glory of God is that come in. Be part of us. You're welcome. You're wanted. You're not needed. You don't come into this house, even as members. Yes, we serve on a Sunday and we make coffee and we do all these things. But we don't call you here because you need it. We call you here because you're wanted by the Lord. Is that okay? You know, in, in a similar preach I did last year, and forgive me, some of you are going to get a little bit shocked by this, but there's reasons for why I'm quoting this. There's a guy that was by the name of Anton LaVey. Some of you may have heard of this person. He was the founder of the Church of Satan and the religion of Satanism. And his saying was, 
And I want you to contrast this against all those scriptures I broke down for you. And his saying was, do what thou wilt. Do what you want is the whole of the law. That's the full stop. Do what you want, full stop. And he's the father of Satanism. Is it not interesting that that is in direct contrast to everything that Jesus said? I came not to do my own will, but the will of my Father. I can do nothing apart from my Father. I can do nothing on my own. You see, when we come into a place where it's about me and mine, we're actually aligning ourselves with a theology that's not biblical. I hope that's very clear. We need to be ruthless with, the, with the, the, the desire in our heart to create unity in all things, in everything. We will break through. Am I, am I naive enough to believe that this group of people that is led by me, very, very broken, very vulnerable, I've got my own wounds. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had to go and repent in tears to my wife for, for deep-seated wounds in me that had manifested itself in a certain way. I know I'm broken. I know I'm not actually qualified to lead you, but I'm called to lead you, so I will. And Rian, he's as good-looking as he is and big and strong. He's going to make mistakes as well. I understand that. We, we are prepared for that. So do I know... Or do I believe that it's possible for us to go through this next year without somebody getting offended with us and us getting offended with you? It's not possible. It's not. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm saying to you up, up front, I'm good with that. Yet, I want to say to you that I do believe, though, I do believe we can find our way through. Anything the enemy throws at us, we can find our way through. So if we can go to Matthew 5, verse 9. You know, my wife is an incredibly... Lovely lady, but she's also very, very clever. And the one day she came to me, she said to me, you know what, Sean? You're a peacekeeper. And I was like, wow, cool. That sounds good. But she wasn't smiling. And I was confused at that moment because I thought that was a good thing. And she said to me, no, 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 that wasn't a compliment. You're a peacekeeper. You're not a peacemaker. And if we have a look at what the Bible says, it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. That is a very, very key conjunction. That is a tool that I want to present to you this morning. You see, the fact is, we're not called to keep peace. We're called to make peace. Let me pull the, out the scenario for, for a peacekeeper, how it worked in me. You'll say something to me and I don't like it and I'll bottle it up. No, I'm a Christian, I'm not allowed to be offended. I mustn't be offended, just put it over there. But it's there. Doesn't go away. It's, a little, it's one, one piece of your puzzle. And then the next minute, something else will happen. And there's another little thing. And it's like every time I would get offended, it was someone taking my Coke bottle and shaking it. Shake, 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 shake. And what would happen after a while is something really small and insignificant would happen and the bottle would burst. And there would be Coke everywhere. And the mess was significantly bigger because I thought by avoiding conflict, by not wanting to have a difficult conversation, by what, not wanting to say to somebody, hey, I didn't appreciate what you said there, but please can we sort this out? I actually allowed it just to fester and to get bigger. And ultimately when that bottle breaks, it's huge mess. But the peacemaker doesn't relish conflict. I'm not saying that the peacemaker is that really direct guy that tells you exactly what he thinks about you every moment of the day, because that also is a problem. That's also creating 
problems. But the peacemaker knows that if I don't approach this problem, if I don't look it in the eye and go, actually, I really don't like the way that, that Bruce spoke to me. Or maybe Bruce was incredibly dismissive of my wife. And I actually feel like I felt hurt by that. I felt, I felt like my, my moral value was infringed upon. I don't keep peace. I make peace. I go, hey, Bruce, could we have a coffee? And listen, man, I, I just want to say to you, as we talk this morning, I'm for you and my heart is, and I genuinely mean that. But I really, like, that you had, there was a little interchange that happened between you and Chantal, and I really felt as, as your husband that you disrespected her. Can you just give me, can you just tell me your side? And my posture is that of I want to understand what you say. And I want to bring reconciliation. I want to fix that which is potentially broken. And through that, we will be able to fix what's broken. And we will be able to make the peace that had been broken between one and the other. If we look at Matthew 18, verse 15, this is key. I've talked to you guys about this before. I will talk to you about it again. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone. Can anybody show me where in brackets, asterisks, with someone else's just by the way opinion? It doesn't say that. It will not say that. It says that when a brother sins against you, go to him alone. And point out his fault between you and him. And if he listens to you, what happens? You have gained a brother. You see, when someone comes to me and they go, actually, you know what, Sean, I didn't appreciate the way that you walked past my son and gave him a clip on the back of the head. I didn't appreciate that. You know what can happen? I can go, Yo, you know what, I'm so sorry. I really am. I didn't realize. Actually, I thought I was just giving him a little bit of a love tap. You know, please, I'll forgive you. Do you want me to apologize to him? Should we call him now? And peace has been made. And then actually what's happened is now we've got a greater level of love and respect for one another, right? This is the model, guys. This is the way that we maintain unity within the body. When I don't like what you've done, I don't run and slap you across the face, but I come to you in a position of, hey, maybe I didn't fully hear right. Maybe I didn't fully understand what you were saying. You know, maybe there was a context that I didn't get, but I want you to help me. Help me. Is that okay? That posture of humility, that posture of I might not have all of the information maintains unity. And I promise you, if we can get unity right in this body, we will turn Gordon's Bay and we'll turn South Africa on its head. Because it is so foreign to every single one of us. I'm landing. Great timing. So we're going to do communion now. And I really, sure, I'm sweating, it's hot. Hopefully this has been good. Most of you guys are still with me and haven't fallen asleep yet, which is always a good sign. So we're going, to do, we're going to do communion now. But I want to just, I want to draw your attention to something as we take the elements that can actually be easily forgotten. And, and, and I think often doesn't even get taught very much in the church. So can we go to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27 to 28? 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 28. I think I gave it to you, right? Or there we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 28. If I didn't, don't blame him. That's my fault. Otherwise, I can get it on my phone. Oh, yeah. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, 
and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. So I'm going to give you some context here. What's happening in this is Paul is actually writing to the Corinthian church who are doing communion, but then they're turning it into a raging party. So I take the bread, I drink the wine, and then I drink a bit more wine, and then some more wine, more, 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 more. And actually, they're actually desecrating, they're profaning the name of Jesus Christ. They actually are putting him, it's almost in some of the other contexts, it's like you're putting him back on the cross. So we're not doing that. But the other thing that they're doing, and that's where Paul says, let us examine ourselves, is that he has a problem with the Corinthian church because they're taking the elements and observing the death and the body of Christ, but they're actually treating each other like rubbish. They're abusing each other. The other Christians in the church are abusing them, but they're taking communion. and say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and your reconciliation in my life, but yet they actually are treating the guys around them like rubbish. And the Lord actually warns them. He says, don't do that. If you go back to the previous verse, it says there, you will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. So I want to encourage us, as we go to the back, and you can do it in whichever way you feel moved. If you want to do it as husband and wife, if you want to do it with your community, if you want to gather guys around you, however you want to do it, I want to ask you this morning, and we've got some time, that's why I've rushed. As you go and take those elements, I want you just to examine yourself. And perhaps someone has sinned against you. Perhaps somebody has taken something from you. Perhaps somebody has spoken against you unfairly and has misunderstood what you've said and has broken communion with you. If it's within your control as you take the elements, before you drink and eat, I want to encourage you to go and make right with that person if it's within the realm of possibility in this meeting. And perhaps you are sitting in, as I've spoken, you know I've been, actually I've got to put my hand up there, sorry guys, I've, I've been responsible for creating disunity in this body. I've spoken against the brother, or I've spoken against the sister, or I've slandered leadership, or I've actually disrespected my husband, and I, as a husband I haven't loved my wife. I want to ask you again, once you've examined yourself, and if it is reasonably practicable, would you go and make right before we take communion? Can we do that? Because actually, I don't want you to take those elements today and actually be putting yourself in a position where you could be profaning the body and the blood of Christ. I couldn't. Because then actually what I would be doing is setting you up for judgment. By asking you to take communion without cleaning out, I'm actually putting you in the position where you could get judged. And I don't want to do that because I love you. So we're going to do that. Maybe, Albert, maybe you can just come and play in the background as we do that. Thanks, Butch. Um, and like I say, if you want to do it between husband and wife, but if you've got something on your chest and you need to get it off, get it done. And if somebody comes to you and confesses, or even if someone comes to you and goes, hey, Ivan, I forgive you. And Ivan's going, what? I didn't even know that I'd done anything. Be gracious. Because offense is often taken, not given. Is that okay? So make your way through to the back. Charles and, and Kim are going to help you guys. Get your elements. And maybe there's even people outside of this context. Maybe you've got family Maybe you've got friends, maybe you've got co-workers or a boss, and you just need to let something go this morning. Do business with God. Do business with God, and He will make your path straight, and we will find unity together. Is that okay? Awesome. So go and grab your things, and you can meet together and, and do communion as you see fit. So I just want to...
just want us to land. Um, I want to say thank you to you for, for, for listening and for hearing and where it was appropriate making right. I know that what we do today, we don't always see what's happening in the spiritual, but actually as we build unity between each other, God does something It's absolutely beautiful. So I've asked Albert if he'll just sing a, a little song for us and we can join with. It's an easy song. You don't need the words. But let's just finish in, in a, with a song and then we can move on to the rest of our Sundays. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.